How you doing? It is June 19th, 2018. This is Patrick on From Saul to Paul. Wanted to talk a little bit about hypocrisy in the church. Yes, that's right. Hypocrisy in the church. A lot of the times your congregations might look to you as some sort of role model, as you should be. Are you holding up to that standard? Are you holding up to the standard that Jesus had to hold up to, to his apostles and disciples? Now, of course, you don't have to have the uh, character of Jesus, but you have to have the characteristics of Jesus. And do you have that? You know, do, you, do you preach a sermon against lying, and then in your own personal life, do you tell little small lies and try to justify them to yourself? Do you do that? Do you preach slow to anger, but fight with your wife and raise your voice? Do you do that? Do you preach against jealous hearts and then get jealous when somebody looks at your wife in public? You know, it's one thing that uh, a husband demand respect for his wife. But if you have a nice looking wife and somebody looks at her and smiles, does that get an evil thought in your heart? Does it enrage you? These are the types of things that I'm talking about. I'm talking about it's even in the little things. Because if we let the little things slip, then it becomes that much easier to make the big things slip. That's why Jesus didn't sin at all. He didn't just live the most righteous life. He lived a perfectly righteous life. And we are called to emulate that as Christians, let alone as pastors, as deacons, as sisters, as ladies' ministries, as worship leaders. You know, there's people in those pews that have never even heard the name of Jesus Christ on some Sundays. So shame on us if we don't let them leave that building by seeing a bit of Christ. And by then, living that out after we leave that church. It's not about a Sunday. It's not about a Wednesday night. It's not about an hour of our week. It's about from morning, noon, to night. I myself am guilty of this. I lose my temper sometimes. I'm not going to minimalize it. Sometimes I raise my voice when I'm arguing. You know, as, as if that's going to make my point more valid. You know, it's not. You know, the only time Jesus raised his voice was when people were uh, using the temple of God in a blasphemous way. That is righteous anger. I'm not talking about righteous anger here. I'm talking about little nitpicky fights that escalate and escalate and escalate to the point where you're both yelling at each other and you forgot what the first thing that started it was. Try to keep your eyes on the prize, people. Try to keep your eyes on the prize and know that living for Jesus Christ means living for Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean being alive for Jesus Christ, it means giving your life to Jesus Christ. And giving your life to Jesus Christ entails every bit of it. The angry parts, the sad parts, 
the jealous parts, handing it all over to him, asking him to fix it, putting it at the foot of his cross, and then walking away from it. So we don't want to be hypocrites in the church. I'm not talking to any specific person whatsoever. I'm talking to the church. We don't want to be hypocrites in the church. Christianity already right now is being attacked from all sides. Legally, out in the streets, in college campuses, even in elementary schools. So we need to stand up and do what's right, but we need to do it biblically. We do need to turn that other cheek. We do need to not be quick to anger. We do need to be long-suffering and patient. So please try to remember that. I'm not trying to discourage anybody who has any kind of a role in a church. I'm trying to encourage you and to let you know that I, as a fellow member that teaches people about God, have an anger problem at times. There's no excuse whatsoever, no matter how bad the offense was, that I should be raising my voice to the woman I love. I shouldn't do that. And then go Sunday and preach on love your neighbor. Whenever I wasn't even fully loving my wife because I felt that she did this or I felt that she did that to wrong me. You know, so always stay in prayer. Before you're going to have an important conversation, this is, this is the advice I'm giving to me. If I'm going to have an important conversation because I feel like I've been wronged, I'm going to pray about it first before I do anything. So this is going to be a little short little podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. Get a chance to witness and share some testimony. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. I get to do some work for the Lord again. Praise God. And I don't know if this person's already a member of the kingdom of God, but I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to tell my story of coming from a background of black magic, Satanism, witchcraft, letting the devil use me, trick me, abuse me. And then I'm going to tell him what Christ has done for me since I've laid all that and put that to death. When I was baptized into Jesus Christ and became a believer and confessed with my mouth and let him lead my life as my savior. I didn't say three or four different little magic words and then go uh, along with my with my life. No, it's a daily walk. So I want to encourage everybody who has roles in the church to just remember that walk, that it's a step at a time. Because if you remember it's a step at a time, you can remember that sometimes it can be a sin at a time. Uh, like I said, this isn't judgment. I opened up with y'all and let y'all know. Uh, you know, some flaws that I have and that I'm working on currently, and that's quick to anger, and that's not petitioning the Lord sometimes before I go to have an important conversation with my spouse. So I love you all. God bless you. And I hope this podcast blesses you. I hope you hear it. I'm getting ready to move to YouTube platform because I'm just not getting anybody. I mean, I'm getting anywhere from sometimes three, sometimes nine people to listen to this. And I really feel that God wants more people to listen to it because I have a message. I have a message of from Satanism, from black magic to spirit-filled Christianity. I've also been given uh, the gift of teaching. It says God will reveal to you all of your gifts. That's one of the gifts that he's revealed to me and it's one of the gifts that I intend to use 
until the day that I die in any capacity. Anytime I get a chance to teach people about God or to tell people something I've been through and learned from because God put me through it, I want to take that opportunity. And I hope that you do as well. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I ask you to do this. I ask you to first do some research because nowadays people aren't even having a belief that God even exists. So do some research into the evidence that Jesus Christ walked this earth. And you will come to the conclusion that yes, the New Testament is a document that was written. It's not a document that was copied and faked. It's not a forgery. 500 people that saw him raised from the dead did not willingly go to their death for a hoax. And once you come to that realization, I want you to read the Gospels. I want you to pray for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. I want you to pray for the Holy Spirit to come into you and let you know what those words mean. And then at the end of it, I want you to take Romans 10, 9 and run with it. I want you to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's what I want you to do. I don't want you to say, Jesus, come live in my heart. I would ask that you do what I did, what I just told you. Do your research so that you know the Bible's true. Then read the Bible. And then go to Romans 10.9, where it says how to be saved. It says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, God raised him from the dead to show that he's going to raise us from the dead, number one. And number two, to conquer death, to show that death sting has no sting for his followers anymore. So I'm praying for everyone out there, and I hope that you pray for me, that I, uh, that I get to a point where I never get angry. I know it's impossible to never sin, but I pray that you pray for me that I never get angry. I would love that. That's one of the few things that still holds on to my life. So please pray for that for me. I love you all. Have a good day. God bless you. This is from Saul to Paul, and I hope to talk to you tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.